0: It's Chick Day. So this is the time-honored tradition every year where the tractor supply and the other farm stores have chicks for sale. But with the egg shortage and the demand for chickens, there's likely to be shortages of chicks this year. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Before we get to the episode, the January Ask Me Anything call was a great success. I'll post some clips. The February call jumps off of our recent episode on AI. It's called How to Thrive in a World with AI. So have you used AI? Will you use it? And why or why not? Do you use AI for your side hustle? And how do you balance the AI content versus your content? How do you stay uniquely human in the future of AI? Come and join us for the February community call. Come and share your story or vent about the AI. It's Thursday, February sixteenth at eight p.m. Central Time. Sign up at ThriveInTheFuture.com/events, and it'll send you a link to the Zoom call. No AI is invited. Let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to Thrive In The Future. So, with the egg shortage and the demand for chickens this year, there's likely to be a shortage of chicks. At the farm stores for chick day. So this is a back-to-basics episode on what to think about. It's basically a backyard starter kit for raising chickens. I have a lot of folks that I know that are saying, can you hatch some chicks for me? I need chickens. Let's dive a little deeper into that. What do they say? I want eggs. Okay, so do you have any limitations? I live in town and I cannot have any roosters. What kind of options do we have there? So when you go and you get chicks from the store, there are two specific kinds. One is sex links. These are chicks that if you breed two different types of chickens, then the females are one color and the males are another color. So that way, it's easy to tell which ones are pullets or females and which ones will end up being roosters. If you don't have that, then you end up with what's called a straight run. You don't know whether they're roosters or pullets until they get a little bit older. And then sometimes you can end up with almost 50% or more being roosters. And that's a problem, especially if you live in town. These are some of the options that you have. You could buy sex links at the store. Or what are some of the other breeds that you can buy? Buff Orpingtons and Red Orpingtons are very calm birds. They're easy to take care of, but they're going to be straight runs. You don't know whether they're roosters or pullets or hens they'll have brown eggs sometimes even speckled eggs and then leghorns have white eggs i usually go with buff orpingtons red orpingtons or sex links i also have some really nice silver laced wyandots but once you get into the other breeds then they start getting a little bit more wilder they get a little bit more harder to control A lot of my friends and family have Australorps, which are a a black chicken, and then they have brown eggs. Um, You can also get what are called Easter egg chickens. Those are the ones that are a little bit more exotic. They have either greenish-looking or bluish-looking eggs. And those are the ones that are going to do better if you are going to sell eggs for market because they look like magic eggs. For the most part, those breeds are a little bit harder to take care of because they're a little bit more wilder, air quotes. Did you know the average chicken lays up to 200 eggs per year, and some breeds like Rhode Island Red and Barred Rock can lay up to 250 eggs per year? Did you know that some chickens that lay green eggs like Olive Eggers, the eggs are initially blue, but a brown pigment is coated over the blue later in the passage through the duct, which makes an overall green kind of speckly color. If you see Cornish cross, those are meat birds. So Cornish cross are the kind of chickens that you see when you buy a whole chicken from the store. They are bred so that they have larger than normal white meat breasts. And they also reach maturity really, really fast. So the average meat bird takes 16 weeks to reach maturity to the point where you could harvest it and then process it. A Cornish cross is going to stand at the feed and eat almost nonstop for eight weeks and then they're big like the chickens in the store and then you harvest them and process them at that point into meat. Cornish cross are not going to turn into layer chickens so make sure you don't buy those if you are looking for eggs. So another option especially with the likely shortage of chicks in the demand this year is to find a farmer and then buy from the farmer or perhaps Craigslist. So chicks around here in northeast Kansas run anywhere from 3 to $5 a piece. I think they're going to be more towards $5 or more this year. One thing to keep in mind that people just don't understand is that it will take 16 to 20 weeks, usually on the 20-week side, to go from a chick to a laying hen. So that means if you buy a chick in the normal chick days, which run... March to the first week of May, you're not going to get eggs until September and maybe even into October. So, a lot of people don't understand that. For the first four weeks to six weeks, the chicks won't have feathers, and then once they grow out, then you can tell a little bit more whether they're female or male. At that point, another option is to get with a farmer and buy pullets because by that time it's six weeks, they'll know whether they'll know whether the chick is a male or a female and then you can buy a pullet and then that's already figured out for you you're not going to end up with a whole flock of roosters or end up with a bird that starts crowing in the middle of your backyard when that's not allowed in the city. Pullets when they're grown out for six weeks will be more anywhere from 10-15 dollars here in northeast Kansas. Another option is if you don't want to wait the full 20 weeks to have eggs you could look on craigslist or get with a farmer and get an already laying chicken so this is a mature chicken that is already laying eggs and those can run 25 dollars or more a piece depending on what kind of relationship you have with the person so i asked Perpin what the top 3 pain points there are for chickens one is that there's no singular source for advice there's a lot of noise out there there's a lot of questions about breed, and everybody has their own favorite for breed. I've given you some options on some of the breeds that I've had. What do you do about a coop? There's lots of noise on the internet. Oh, you need to have a chick's shaw. Oh, you need to have this or that. And you can go to Tractor Supply or you could go to Orschelands or some farm store like that and spend $500 for a cheaply made enclosure and coop that has a run on the outside that will probably only last you one or two years. The run itself is made out of one by ones, you know, very, very thin wood. And I've seen coyotes and dogs tear right through that thing. And then eat the chickens. What can you look for? And if it's your first year of chickens, maybe you take it easy and just find something that's a real easy coop. There's lots of designs online Make it easy. Make a little A frame. Purpin had a, took some cattle panels and turned them into a semicircle and then put chicken wire around them and a tarp over the top. And that's what he used for his enclosure last year. So don't get stuck with analysis, paralysis, and indecision on your coop and your run because that'll be a lot of noise. If you know you're going to have chickens for a long time, then spend a little extra money. You could take pictures of the enclosure that's over at, like we talked about, the the ready-made coop that's over at TSC or whatever, and you can duplicate that to some extent for probably less money. You want to have a run that's an enclosed, fenced-in area. People talk about electric fencing, electro-netting, and all that stuff and moving your chickens around. You really don't need to do that. If you're going to have a run where it's an enclosed area with chicken wire make sure that you have something with a smaller hole than chicken wire for the first foot up see because raccoons can get their hands in the holes of the chicken wire and actually grab chickens i've had that happen i've lost lots of chickens that way so if you have some like kitchen wire or something for the first foot up you can still have chicken wire the rest of the way But that way the raccoons can't get their hands in there and grab some of the chickens. Those are some options on coop, run, on the breeds. One of the things is don't overpay and don't overthink it. Take it easy. Figure out what you want to have during the first year. You may want chickens and get chickens going, and then even though you don't have roosters, the regular hens still make a lot of noise when they lay eggs, and your neighbors may not be all that great with that. And you may have a hard time taking care of chickens in the first year and decide you don't want to do it anymore. So make some relationships with farmers or with homesteaders if you live in town, if you're new to all this, and then start out slow. Good luck to you on your chicken adventure in this year. Take care, everybody. As I said at the beginning of the episode, the January Ask Me Anything call was a great success. Here's some clips from that call. The entire AMA call will be available soon on our Patreon, which is just about ready to launch. He wanted one of my roosters and swapped for some silky hens he didn't want anymore. Wow. Um, So I got five silky hens, a silky rooster, and then he said, if you want that one, you can, you catch it. You can take it with you. And this is a, this is our weight It's like a, it's like a 20, 25 pound bird. You go get a turkey out of your freezer. You hold it up next to that chicken and it's the size of that chicken. Wow. It's insane. So I'm going to do some videos on that because I'm I'm just calling that thing double wide because it's like a double wide chicken. I'm not joking. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. So Thrivers, Thrive in the Future podcast is now over one year old. We've created new content every week for 65 plus episodes with conversations that you don't hear on other podcasts. After one year, the podcast only has a few reviews on iTunes. So the result is, unfortunately, that the algorithm will essentially bury or ignore Thrive in the Future in the search results. So we're having a contest. Please subscribe to the podcast in your fave podcast app. Go over to Apple iTunes podcast app and leave a five-star review. It has to be on iTunes. And then go to com slash contest. We are having a drawing in February for Roxanne Ahern's Holistic Homesteading book. And alternatively, a Amazon gift card. Go to com slash contest and submit your email for the drawing. The drawing will be on February 26th. For the copy of Roxanne Ahern's Holistic Homesteading Book, alternatively, there is an Amazon gift card. Join the contest. Thank you. Next time on Thrive in the Future Podcast. In the upcoming weeks for Thrive in the Future Podcast, these are the topics we're going to be talking about. Um, Are you a trader or are you a gambler? Going to have Jason Snyder from Doomer Optimism podcast. And also my friend Dave and I break out our med kits and first aid kits and compare and lessons learned from that. That's coming up on Thrive in the Future podcast in the next few weeks. Elderberry cuttings and comfrey and crowns and root cuttings are now available at grownuttrees.com. So you can take this elderberry cutting, which is basically a stick, poke it into the ground, cover it with mulch, and it'll take off right where it needs to be. You don't need to put it in a pot or anything. That's at grownuttrees.com. And if you use the coupon code THRIVER at checkout on grownuttrees.com, you get a 10% discount on your order. Check it out.